the way that healing happens, it happens in layers. It happens on a physical level. It happens on the mental level. It happens in emotional level, the spiritual level. And I think that spiritual herbalism is rooted in understanding how everything is interconnected, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, Mm -hmm. and that it's not just a one and done process. Healing is not a one and done process. Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the high Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Episode 30, Spiritual Herbalism with Anjane Wilson of Rose Gold Alchemy. In this episode, we speak with Anjane about studying with Karen Rose of Sacred Vibes Apothecary. Her spiritual glow-up, facilitated in part by the wonderful magic of the herb rose. We talk about this amazing plant as well as hawthorn, ginger, reishi, diving deep into how these plants can help us grow and become our best self. We talk a little bit about meditation, about affirmations, and how plants can be part of the process of self-transformation. I hope you enjoy the episode, and as always, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash plantcunning. Today, we are thrilled to have Anjane Wilson on the Plant Cunning Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be invited to share my experience with you and your audience. Thank you. Yeah, we're super excited to chat with you. <laughs> so you're a spiritual herbalist, and you're the proprietor of Rose Gold Alchemy beautiful herbal product line. You also have a background in social work and a master's in social work. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So how did you come to the plant path? That's usually our first question on the show is what brought you to plants? Well, it was kind of like, you know, when things are spiritual and you're kind of led to certain things, it's never linear. It's always kind of like in a roundabout way and it's hard to explain. But so I started off studying social work. I knew I wanted to work with people um, when I started my, I guess, my educational journey. I went to Morgan State University um, in HBCU in Baltimore, Maryland, and I studied social work there. And then I went on to get my master's in social work from Fordham University here in New York City, where I'm based. Wow. And My interest was actually global social service. So I wanted to do international social work, travel. And so as part of my field work in grad school, I was a United Nations youth representative for an NGO based in Belgium. And they specialize in providing access to technology to, you know, countries that are considered the global South. And then after I did that, I went on to become a Fulbright English teaching assistant. And I lived in Brazil uh, for about nine months teaching English. And that Ooh. that kind of was an, an interesting experience for me <laughs> yeah. because I was by myself in a foreign country. I had studied Portuguese throughout undergrad. The language wasn't the issue. Oh, cool. But, you know, I felt it was like I, I hadn't gone on this spiritual journey yet. So I felt like 
I didn't belong. I went through periods of depression, but I think that's normal for anybody going through culture shock <laughs> uh-huh. being yeah. by themselves in another country, whether you're an immigrant or just living there, living in a place longer term. Yeah. You were there for a long time. Yeah. By myself. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I made some good friends and family there that I still mm-hmm. keep in touch with and they've witnessed <laughs> my spiritual glow up as well. And they ask me questions too. Oh. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, after that, I came back to the U.S. and I spent a few years working in international exchange and working with a student exchange program. And you know what? It was cool on paper. I I followed the path. I got this degree, got that degree. Then I went abroad and I came back and worked. It, It seemed like it made sense from the outside looking in to other people. And I got to travel some, but i I. At that time in my life, I just felt like I was just going through the motions of life. (laughs) And I was thinking that I would find, eventually find happiness or some type of love to fill a a void that at the time I didn't even know was a void. (laughs) I was just like, I really just thought that the sense of deep self-loathing and low self-esteem that I had was just normal. Like it was just a part of life. It but is common, I, right? Yeah. I just thought it was like, that's just the way it is. But if I achieve these goals, then I'll eventually be happy. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize that um, I had been cut off from purpose and passion in my life. And I wasn't really sure how to get back to it because I didn't even know that I was disconnected from it. But right around my 27th birthday, mm-hmm. and that's what some people call the that Saturn return time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like, you know, the time when we just start to question everything. I felt a call to learn more about herbs and self-healing. I really just, on the surface, I just wanted to learn about something new. Mm. It would be beneficial to me and my husband at the time, my mom, other members of my family. And Mm. I would make little things for people um, at my job. And they're like, oh, wow, this really works. So like a week after my 27th birthday, I enrolled in a class at the New York Open Center, which is a really great resource here in New York City. Um, And it was a class called The Art of Herbal Medicine Making with Robin Rose Bennett. And this was, I think, a six-week night course. And it was my first introduction to what's called the wise woman tradition. Mm. And it was a little bit it was different for me because there was this white woman teaching me herbalism and we were like singing songs while making the whatever creation that we were making, whether it was a tincture or an oil. And, you know, my understanding of herbs and, you know, maybe magic or other traditions really come from my background as a, a Southern black American woman. And this was kind of like a different it was more, this was more of a hippie style for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was like a different kind of culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it piqued my interest and I really appreciate that time. She was really officially Robin Rose, my first teacher in herbalism. And then one year after that course, I started a two-year apprenticeship in spiritual herbalism with Karen Rose at Sacred Vibes Apothecary in Brooklyn, New York. And yeah, so that's what I guess I'm give I gave you the story of where I was before the path and kind of how yeah. I got there. It was like the Saturn return was like, hey, 
you want to change your life, this is how you're going to do it. So, you know, learn herbalism. And I'm quite grateful for that guidance because I didn't know why I was making that huge commitment to become an apprentice, but I'm glad that I did. Cool. So what was it like studying with uh, Karen Rose? Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) that... <clears throat> the journey in of itself. So the way that she, without giving away too much of what she does, so honestly, the way that she approaches it is that the first part of your apprenticeship is just strictly focusing on your own journey to healing yourself. So before, even in social work, you know, when we study social work, you like, you can't help people without helping yourself first. And they Mm -hmm. always encourage people who study social work to have their own social workers, their own therapists, because Mm -hmm. you can't pour from an empty vessel. Right. And so that first year of my apprenticeship was like my first introduction to the possibility of a plant being an ally or a mentor. Mm. And we had to go on what is called um, a plant walk. So basically that means we work with a plant. And I was thinking to myself, how am I going to pick this plant? Mm. But you don't pick the plant. The plant picks you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So, So working, so, you know, on the, I guess the academic side of it, she taught us about many different herbs and their physical application, as well as their spiritual applications. Also connecting herbalism to your relationship with God or spirit or whatever you believe in. I use, you know, the name of God, your ancestors, the importance of connecting your with your ancestors, because we were taught that herbs heal not just your, not just you, but generation forwards and generations back. Mm. So when you are working with herbs, you're literally healing the things in your past and in your bloodline that you have inherited, especially as women, we hold it all in our wombs (laughs) and it's up to us to heal it. And so when I was trying to figure out what herb to pick, and I think this might have been the day that she announced that we were doing the plant walk, Mm -hmm. I, for some reason, got off of the train on the way to class for no, I I left the train station when I was supposed to transfer between trains. No idea why, but I just, you know, something in my mind said, Mm. come off, come out of the train station and buy something that you could have bought after class. (laughs) And, And I look down on the concrete and I see a rose and there are no other roses around nowhere. So I picked it up. I took some pictures of it on the train on the way to class. When I was in class, I told Karen and she said, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, she has a a wisdom about her. You know, when you know what you don't say, because it's not really your place to say. So you, I had to say, hmm. Yeah, she's like, that's interesting. And then she went on. But I think in her mind, she already knew, oh, that is your plant. And so as I walked around the city of New York, not exactly the most green city, except in certain places. Mm -hmm. Um, I would see rose petals on the ground. (laughs) I remember I went to the movies in Times Square and I think it was the AMC. And if you've ever been there, you Mm -hmm. come out of there. I forgot where I was. 
And I think I went to a restaurant after and you have to go down an escalator. And inside the lobby at the bottom of the escalator, it looked like somebody had just spilled a bunch of rose petals in the lobby. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was it. Well, I was like, all right, well, I guess it's rose. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it makes it very clear. And 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 to kind of solidify that, um, you know, we talked about the importance of your ancestors and the legacy of your ancestors. My favorite, favorite aunt, dead or alive. Um, her name was Rose Alice Brown. And I loved oh. her so much. And she died when I was um, a teenager. Mm -hmm. But when I started, so I decided that I was going to structure my journey around chakra healing because I knew about chakras. I could tell you all the colors and what it meant. But the thing that about me is that I would, I called myself a, a left brain prisoner, right? And if there's a, an, a black occultist, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, it'll come to me because I like to say the names of people that I get things from, but he, he talked about the concept of being a left brain prisoner, only being stuck in the intellect. So I had all of this information, but I never, it stayed in the mind. I never really brought it down to my heart or, you know, to my, to my womb to kind of process and feel. So I said, okay, you got seven weeks. I gave myself seven days for each chakra to research all of the ways that I could connect to them. So I decided to do massage points, use a certain stone for each chakra, um, do a meditation for each chakra, yoga poses for each chakra, and you know, also do dream work with each chakra. And the first day of the first chakra, the root chakra, I laid down on my yoga mat and I just started meditating. And my Aunt Rose came to me in my meditation. Oh. And we were on. So my family is from my mother's side of the family is from a town called Opelousas, Louisiana. Mm. Very small town, <laughs> but it has a certain, <laughs> certain charm to it. So we were on her front porch at her house in Opelousas. And then we went inside. Um, after we um she had a pecan tree on the side of her house. We picked uh -huh. pecans. We picked pecans together. This is all in my meditation. We picked pecans wow. together. And then we went inside and we sat in this big wood table that she had in the kitchen. And we just cracked pecans and ate them together. <laughs> and then we went out on the front porch as I was leaving. And I just started crying. And I said, oh, Rose, are you with me? <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. is this you? Are you with me? Because this this journey was like really painful because you know when you go through that Saturn return, you question all the decisions that you made in your youth. And sometimes it could feel like a big upheaval. And she was just laughing at me. She was like, Yeah, I'm here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like I felt held and I felt mm. felt like okay, I, I can I can get through this. And you know, there were there were many moments like that. I would have dreams about my ancestors, mm. about things that were going on in the family that weren't being talked about that needed to be talked about. And I guess mm. I was the one. <laughs> so yeah. and, and that's the I think the magic of working with Karen. She has this ability to bring out of you things that you didn't know were there. She's like a vessel for mm -hmm. all of the people in your family or in your bloodline or the spiritual guys that really want to speak to you. And 
just being in her presence, they kind of just show up, right? And then it's up to you to do the work. Um, but yeah, I do credit Karen. And when I go visit her, I always say, Karen, look at me now. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's such a different person. Oh, wow. All because of that apprenticeship and the way that she kind of oh. guides us. She's not heavy handed. You do the work or you don't. But she definitely guides us in the way of finding those pieces of ourselves that we may have lost through childhood trauma or whatever experience oh. that we've had. And then understanding how how herbs can help heal those aspects of ourselves and how we can do that through respecting the legacy of our ancestors and other cultures that have contributed to, you know, what we know as herbalism. Right. So that sounds a lot like you're kind of explaining what spiritual herbalism is when you talk about that. Um, So can you speak a little bit about what the difference of spiritual herbalism versus other more clinical herbalism is? Yeah, sometimes I feel like clinical herbalism sometimes can be like, what's the problem? Let's treat it. Let's 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 get it out of you. (laughs) Very allopathic. Yeah, exactly. And in in life and healing doesn't really work that way. So life is messy, life is dirty. We come into the world covered with blood and, and, and feces and you know. And, 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 you know, all types of liquids from, you know, our mother's womb, right? And so the way that healing happens, it happens in layers, it happens on a physical level, it happens on the mental level, it happens in emotional level, the spiritual level. And I think that spiritual herbalism is rooted in understanding how everything is interconnected the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, Mm -hmm. and that it's not just a one and done process. Healing is not a one and done process because once you think that you've healed one aspect of yourself, you realize that it was just kind of like a layer and you're not really, because for me, when I think about the journey, I think about alchemy and I think about, you, you mentioned um, before we started recording that, you know, you talk a lot about the occult and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so when you talk about, you know, like secret orders, you you can't just be inducted into these orders all in one go. There's kind right. of like, you know, a process that you have to go through because you're yeah. not ready to see everything. Right. Initi- that's the word. It was like escaping yeah. me. Yes. Thank you. Initiate. You can't be initiated all in one go because mm-hmm. there are certain pieces of knowledge and certain experiences and works that you aren't ready to experience yet. You don't have the wisdom yet. You haven't synthesized the lessons from certain experiences yet. And that's how healing happens. And so with spiritual herbalism, we go because in life we go through these initiations like the Saturn return, right? <laughs> and so there are these moments in life where it feels like it's really dark and we don't have hope because through these through this human experience, you know, we're all born connected to source or connected to God and we have everything within us needed to blossom and really find our passion and our purpose in this world. Um, just like a seed, I have, mm. I have um, guided meditations on my YouTube page, and my goal is to get one out for each chakra. But 
I based the root chakra meditation on the seed because the seed has everything it needs inside of it to, to bloom into a tree or a carrot or, you know, a, a lavender flower, whatever it needs to be. All, the only thing it needs to be is cultivated and put in some good soil and get some good water and sunshine. So like us, we're all connected to source, but through our human experiences, our childhood trauma, or whatever we want to call it, we become more and more disconnected from those aspects of our God selves. And we can find it again through our relationships to plants, because the beauty of plants is that they are firmly connected to source. They're uncorrupted, mm -hmm. And they contain the essence of the many aspects of God, of source that we've been disconnected from, mm -hmm. right? For me, like my big thing was self-love. I didn't love myself. I, the, the correct term would be loathing, hate. <laughs> I would look in the mirror and I would see a monster and people could not understand. My husband at the time could not understand what I was seeing, but it was because of the experience that I had in my childhood leading up to adulthood, strained relationship with, you know, my father, things like that mm -hmm. as a child can really make you, you know, because children's minds aren't really, they can't really understand complicated adult <laughs> relationships in the way that we are. So when a child you know, has a parent that they feel maybe didn't pay as much attention to them as they thought they should have. The only thing that a child can think of is something must be wrong with me. <laughs> and then that is oh, yeah. cemented in your mind and you have to work to undo those thoughts. But nobody that I was raised by, my mother didn't really have the capacity to do that for me. And so I kept that inside of me something's wrong with me. And as an adult, I didn't understand why I hated myself so much. And it was something as simple as, oh, well, when you were a kid, your dad wasn't really there. <laughs> and so you thought something was wrong with you. But Rose is the essential <laughs> representative of divine love. Yeah. You know, Rose is loved all over the world as a symbol of love. You give roses to people that you love on Valentine's Day. Stop mm -hmm. and smell the roses. I mean, the beauty of a rose. Yeah. A rose by any other name. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> what a good plant for self-love. Exactly. And rose is love. That's it. And so if you are having an issue with love, whether it's giving or receiving love. I think two plants that are good for that um, are rose and hawthorn. Um, rose, yeah. rose in that it's just the ultimate symbol of divine love, the Virgin Mary, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That energy, that energy of Christ consciousness is yeah. there in the rose. And then hawthorn, Physically, it's one of the best known um, heart tonics, mm -hmm. right? So if you have any heart problems, any blood pressure problems, um, Hawthorne is the go-to. But also spiritually, Hawthorne, which also the Hawthorne tree has thorns as well as yeah. the rose plant. And, you know, Hawthorne really helps us to learn balance when it comes to the heart and love and giving and receiving love, right? Because you don't want to be selfish in that you 
seek love from everyone else because of that love that you can't get from yourself. And also, you know, becoming a victim or embracing martyrdom through giving too much love without Mm -hmm. being open to receiving love. And then that sense of protection that you get with the thorn. So you can be courageous and open up your heart and lead from the heart, but still have that sense of discernment that I feel yeah. that the thorns represent when you're out here with your heart open. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's like vulnerability in exactly. order to love, you have to be able to be vulnerable, but you can't be vulnerable unless you have some kind of protection, you know? Exactly. And the, in, in, in being confident in that protection, knowing that you are protected. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, that's exactly. So that's spiritual herbalism. It's like, well, <laughs> Where do I find this aspect of myself that I feel like is lacking in nature? (laughs) Right. And it's, it's really cool that, I mean, Rose was such a multivalent symbol for, and like connection point to not just self-love and love, but like your aunt, like that. It's so cool that (laughs) it's so many different ways that it connects. Mm. Exactly. It, it's universal. It's one of those. I, I love Rose. <laughs> I know. And Hawthorne too. We, we actually are blessed with a lot of Hawthorne here um, all around our property. Oh, wow. And For it sure. is such a protective plant. It's like it has these beautiful berries that it's willing to share with anyone, but um, you don't want to just like go and harvest it like crazy. Like if you imagine like cows grazing on these, like right. they can't go nuts on it because the thorns will hurt them. Exactly. And so it's like, you can have as much, but harvest from the ground, you know, of what I've already dropped. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's just, I love Hawthorne. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, and you know, we, we also learn. Karen also says all the time that, especially in urban areas, whatever plants are growing wild around you, that's what that community needs. So you guys have a lot of Hawthorne around you. So you're good when it comes to the heart space. (laughs) (laughs) You ever need it, you just sit under the tree. You don't even have to to harvest anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's the other thing with spiritual herbalism too. It seems like connecting to the essence or the energy of the plant itself. It's Mm -hmm. like the material is maybe like the medium for... Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you can ingest the herb if you want. You can make teas, you can make tinctures, but sometimes you can just put it under your pillow, um, mm. hold it in your hands while you meditate. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's the energy is not just in ingesting the plant, but it's like you said, it's the essence of the plant. Absolutely. Yeah. So are there any other plants that um, you use for self-transformation? Like, do you have certain plants associated with each chakra? I do. So on my website, I have an entire line of products, one product for each chakra. And actually, one plant that has been coming up for a lot for me in the past couple of weeks that I've been thinking about a lot is reishi mushroom. Oh, yeah. So I use reishi mushroom in the formula that I created for the third eye, which is actually a very simple formula. It's simply cacao and reishi Mm. um, with some cinnamon and ginger. Mm. But so reishi, (laughs) so its Latin name is Ganoderma lucidum. So it, it can be 
translated into like shining skin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I think about light, I think about knowledge. I think about how you mm-hmm. see yourself. And I have I assigned an affirmation to each chakra as well. And the affirmation that I assigned to the third third eye chakra was I see myself as God sees me. Mm, beautiful. Because yeah, because during my journey, I really did not have a lot of compassion for myself. Every time something would happen that wasn't great, um, I would think, what's wrong with me that I'm attracting this thing again? Like, what is wrong with me? What do I have to fix now? But you know, again, that speaks to our disconnection from God, our disconnection from source, because God would never see us as something that needs to be fixed because he created us in his image. We are perfect in his eyes, but our own experiences kind of bring us away, our habits, um, things that we've, you know, learned from certain traumatic experiences or that we've learned from even the media or ways that we've been programmed by our parents and people around us, we're disconnected from him. And we believe (laughs) that something is wrong with us, but he's always looking at us with compassion. So, you know, with reishi mushroom, physically it's a staple in Chinese medicine. It's known as the elixir of life. It's an adaptogen and immunomodulator, sorry. And, but also spiritually, it, it enhances spiritual potency and insight, and it helps you to expand your consciousness. And that's why I chose to use it in my formula for the third eye, because <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story around reishi mm. uh, when I was using it, because I can only speak to and only offer products that I have experiences with. Because, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, because I talked about, you know, I just talked about earlier being, uh, oh, the cultist that I was talking about that that I heard left brain prisoner from, his name was Bobby Hemet. Oh, yeah. Bobby oh. Hemet, yeah. And I, so, I'm he, sorry, go ahead. Well, he's, he's, I just, uh, I l- watched your YouTube and then I looked him up and he's such an interesting guy. Oh like- my goodness. <laughs> like an OG, like yeah, from the eighties like- and nineties, like when people, especially, you know, I, I'm not sure if you know much about the black community, but especially in the black community, people mm-hmm. were not <laughs> talking about things like that. And he really went into a lot of things that, you know, we were mostly a uh, Christian in the, in the United States, black folks, mm-hmm. and, you know, there was some, some, some hints of hoodoo and all that stuff, but that was always on the underground, but he really went into the occult hardcore. And that was something really revolutionary for the black community. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, so being a left brain prisoner, I had a lot of information, but again, my consciousness wasn't expanding, you know what I mean? And so yeah. mm-hmm. I wasn't able to face any really hard truth. So when I was using reishi mushroom, I was taught to make a really long decoction. Pretty much that just means you put it in water. Um, The recipe that we were given was nine cups of water to about six to eight slices of reishi mushroom, dried reishi mushrooms. And then you bring it to a boil and simmer it until you get down to about a third of the water. So that's three cups. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really, really strong decoction of it. Yeah. And you drink a little bit, um, maybe like a third of a cup on an empty stomach. Mm. Um, 
And so what I would do is I would make that decoction and then I would drink it before meditating because mm. a lot of things would come to me um, as I would meditate during that, that two year journey of working with Karen Rosen, being her apprentice, it was an intense time and I would take time to meditate and I would have visions during meditation. Mm. And so I would drink the reishi mushroom decoction. And then one day I drink it and I would meditate in the bathroom. That's the only place I could like be alone. <laughs> so I would meditate in the bathroom early in the morning, like four or five in the morning. Wow. And I was laying there, my eyes closed. And then I have a vision of me and my husband at that time sitting in a cafe, sharing a meal. And then an elderly Chinese man approached us <laughs> and started talking and sharing. So I won't say what he said, but he started sharing some really uncomfortable truths about me, right? Mm. Or things that he said about me. And I woke up and then I went through the rest of the day like, no, <laughs> no, mm -mm. Uh, is it? Maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then I just thought about it over the next few days and like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it came around you... exactly, and it was like shining a light on the things wow. that we would rather not see, but again, yeah. lucid them exactly, exactly. <laughs> uncomfortable truth but it's shining a light on things that we need to see in order to in order to guide us through life like make decisions that are true to ourselves not what we want other people to think we are or want to appear to be because of the status quo what we've been told mm -hmm. is what we're supposed to be but what is the truth and then follow that. Otherwise, you'll still be feeling like you're going through the motions, feeling listless. You're like, what am I connected to? Nothing. Mm. I hate myself. I hate mm. life, but I'm doing this. You know what I mean? And so Reishi has been coming up a lot for me. I think it may be <laughs> maybe because I need to start drinking it again. <laughs> huh. Yeah, Reishi is a, what a great, great ally. Mm. We have the um, hemlock, the Ganoderma Tsuga. Oh, around okay. here and so I, that's one of my you know favorite favorite so how uh, do you mushrooms how do you to harvest what how do you use it how do you use well it? i take a tincture of it every day and use the uh, decoction um we actually have been we just finished our maple syrup season and we boiled down the maple syrup with chaga and reishi oh, goodness. yeah <laughs> that's that's really good but yeah. <laughs> uh, using it before meditation seems like a really good idea i need to try that yeah try it like wake up early before you eat or drink anything and then take it and then kind of let it simmer in your spirit for about 20 minutes and then huh. meditate and see what let comes the, up for you let decoct inside your body mm. yeah exactly <laughs> cool <laughs> so can i ask you about meditation Sure. Um, it can be kind of like a weighted word for people. There's so many different styles. It can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, how how do you meditate? Like, how do you recommend someone maybe gets into it if they have tried and it hasn't worked for them? And they dropped it, but they want to get back into it. What are you, what do you think about it? Well, you know what? When I first started meditating, right, I found this video. Um, if I can remember it, I'll shout them out. But I just looked up something about getting into the theta state because that's what they said you're mm. supposed to do. <laughs> so he gave this method of 
visualizing because I'm a visualizer, like I'm a visual person. He mm. gave this method of visualizing a ball traveling from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and, and going up and down into until you visualize your actual essence or your body going into that ball. And then it going down to the bottom of the, the earth in inside of the core, wrapping itself around something solid and then coming back up, you know, to ground you and then coming mm -hmm. back up through your head, popping out the top of your head and going mm -hmm. up into outer space. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you saying whatever affirmations you wanted. And that's like the first time or the first thing I did to try to meditate. And when I did that, the next day I cried all day long <laughs> like it was that was the first time I ever meditated and I and I said okay this something happened something was unearthly within me and I had this 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 um emotional upheaval but nowadays like I don't sit Indian style that hurts my legs <laughs> like I usually just like lay down or sit in a chair with my feet mm -hmm. on the ground or recline. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't meditate in silence. I can't meditate in silence. What I do is I'll kind of put on like ambient music mm -hmm. or even um, like they have these subliminals mm -hmm. <laughs> on YouTube. So there's this YouTube channel called Quadable Integrity that I, I, I visit a lot and they have a lot of like different healing tones and I'll listen to that and I'll let the sounds kind of take me on a journey mm. and I'll just maybe set my phone for 10 to 15 minutes mm. and I'll just breathe deeply listen to the music and for a long time I had a place that I would go to in my mind so it was it was an interesting thing I would be at the top of a cliff and then I would kind of jump and kind of slowly fall off the top of the cliff and then find myself in a river <laughs> and then I'd be in a river and then there would be like a waterfall with a cave behind it. And then I mm -hmm. would go inside of that cave and sit in the cave. And I think mm -hmm. that was me kind of getting into my subconscious and then mm -hmm. that would be my place. And then wherever I would go from there or see from there, that would, I would kind of take that and, and try to analyze that. And that's how I used to meditate. Um, but now I just kind of do the same thing, but without visualizing anything. But maybe, you know, this is kind of bringing up some stuff. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, maybe we should go back to all the stuff you were doing before. <laughs> I absolutely am like, I need to, I want to do that. I need to start meditating again. It's been a minute. So, well, yeah, I, I've got a, a pretty disciplined meditation practice and I've tried a lot of different kinds of meditation over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's not only different styles that are better for different people, mm. but also like it can change throughout your life. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, now that you said it, maybe that, that river was my safe space and now it's kind of evolving. Mm. Um, I, I remember when I was first starting the journey, cause we were talking about you know, alchemy, and yeah. talking about transformation, right? So yeah. in alchemy, I, I, there's this book that I love uh, called The Secret Teaching of All Ages. Oh yeah, Manly P. Hall. Yeah, <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> I love it. I have all types of highlights and scribbles in it. Mm. And it's, you always get something new and you just flip a page and read something mm. out of it. Um, but he talks about how, you know, physically, 
alchemy, turning the base metal into gold is called transmutation, but in the human experience, it's called regeneration. Mm. So I remember one of my earliest meditations, um, and this was the, the day that I figured, I said, something's happening, but I'm not sure what, but it's happening. I was in the river and all of a sudden I was sucked down to like a, a cavern that was underneath the river. So the river was flowing over my head mm. and I'm standing there and then I see just hundreds of snakes wow. coming up around me all over my body. Mm. And then they wrap around my neck and my head falls off. They cut my head off. They oh. And I woke up from that and I said, and I'm scared of snakes in real life, but oh, okay. I, it wasn't scary to me in the, in the meditation because I said, cause I, I I'm a kind of a student of symbolism and I, you know, mm-hmm. young and all of those people. And I said, well, snakes represent transformation because they, you know, they shed their skin. Right. Right. And then when you think about, you know, the head falling off, maybe that's the ego death. <laughs> that's uh-huh. the, <laughs> because I'm all, I was always stuck in my head and it's like, uh-huh. that's, you know, and I said, okay, something's about to happen. <laughs> right. That was the first time I knew that some type of regeneration was going to happen. And I read somewhere in a book about chaos magic, how in some traditions in some shamanic traditions, sometimes when it comes to that, that, that journey of healing or, you know, your journey of initiation, that a body part may be removed or, you know, Mm -hmm. symbolically a body part is removed like your head. And then what grows back is that body part, but with a jewel attached to it, something new. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things are happening. Yeah. Alchemy, regeneration. Right. Yeah. And so that relates to this glowing up that you talk about in your, in in the video. (laughs) The glow, yes, on my YouTube video, I talk about my spiritual glow up. That was such a long time ago, it seems like. <laughs> um, but you know, on the internet, it's you know, there's this trend of talking about your glow up, and it's mm, okay. usually about like a physical change, like you went from you know being awkward and whatever with no style, and then all of a sudden your skin's clear and mm-hmm. you dress nice, and like <laughs> I glowed up, and so yeah, and so I'm thinking about spiritually, like what is a spiritual glow up like yeah and it means it basically means your transformation so my transformation i felt like spiritually i glowed up like i would look at myself in the mirror and i say wow your skin is shining uh-huh. <laughs> and i remember when i was one of my last days of my my first level of my in, uh, apprenticeship with karen and I talked about my entire journey with Rose and what happened and how I felt now. And she said, yeah, your skin is kind of like iridescent, like rose petals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, when you unearth these things inside of yourself, right? And I talk a lot about the journey within. So my, like when I started Rose Gold Alchemy, I had a certain, it was certain tagline. It was like a gateway to the journey within. Because and I kind of likened it to like um like an epic journey, like a never-ending story, or you know, the what's the it's what's the one with the, the Lord of the Rings, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you know how we we'd like to watch those stories or like play those video games where you go mm-hmm. through this journey, these different levels, 
and it's kind of safer to 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 watch and indulge in those stories because in the the stories it's a harrowing journey right Mm -hmm. and for us as human being going through that spiritual glow up it's a harrowing journey like it doesn't have to be painful it can be full of light and illumination but we all have to go through these valleys before we can get to the peaks there's no way around it you yeah. know what I mean True. a lonesome valley yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and so going through that to that journey within to the darkness within or doing the shadow work or whatever yeah. you want to call it um that's how you get the glow because you have to kind of like dig uh-huh. You know, you have to kind of like excavate to get to the gold, to get through to the diamonds, um, to get that jewel, to get yeah. that glow up. And why does it have to be so scary, though? <laughs> it, I mean, it's kind of like that's why I wanted to liken it to an adventure, you know, uh-huh. like, it's yeah. a journey because it yeah. is an adventure. Looking back on, I'm like, this is a story. And I'm like, <laughs> my life was kind of boring before I was with, and I would try to tell the story and to be all these pieces. And like, I saw this sign on the street and then I saw a rose petal on the ground. And I'm <laughs> like, this is fun. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, I think it's, you're right. Like, why does it have to be so scary? Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it as a glow up because yeah, we go through those dark moments. So we, we have to face some hard truths, but I think that the way that we interpret it is kind of like a reflection of the way that we see ourselves, like the way the relationship that we have with ourselves, like, oh, I got to get to know myself. I got to feel myself. And it becomes like a chore. But that's because of the way that we've been disconnected from the love that, you know, divine love. But if we say, hey, I'm doing something to heal myself, I'm doing something to heal my bloodline, I'm doing something to connect to my inner guidance, my intuition, I'm doing something that will eventually make life better for me and generations after me, you know, and make sure that you have a community around you when you do go through those tough moments that you trust. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that bad and, and trust that source will bring you that tribe because I didn't have one when I started my journey <laughs> and they they came to me, uh, you know, because I trusted. But yeah, so for me, the glow up was about how do I get this that I felt like and I remember speaking to the people in my class in our group chat and I said, you know what, I'm going to talk to my father because I have these I felt like it was sludge mm-hmm. inside of me that I wanted to get out. I didn't want it anymore. I wanted mm-hmm. to, to get it out of me because it was weighing me down, right? And so the only way that I felt I can do that was just kind of face the issue and have the conversation no matter how it went and trust that God has my back. Like there's a reason why. And that, and, and, and that is about like your inner guidance system. It's like, you're going on this journey and there's a reason why something is whispering in your ear. You need to do this. You need to do this. <laughs> you know, because I went through a period where I was like, whatever you tell me to do and I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so there were things that I was being told to do that I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, well, I guess I got to do it. And then once I got through that first hurdle, it seemed like everything was just kind of like, okay, that wasn't that bad. And then I went through 
some heartbreaks. And I'm like, dang, this hurts. Why is this happening? And I would, you know, pray and I would take herbs. And then once I got through and I was like, that wasn't that bad, actually, now that I think about it. And I think the key to appreciating the process of glowing up is to actually, when you go through the experience, to remember that there's a lesson, right? To go through the tests, go through the trials, and being able to interpret it, right? Interpret what happened, like get the essence of what the lesson is and the understanding of what it is and share it with other people so that you understand like what it was worth, right? Yeah. Or what the purpose of it is, because there's a purpose to everything. And then not going through things as a victim, but going through this like, oh, I got through this, but why did you get through this? What did it mean? So that when you're faced with that test again, you know exactly what it means or what you want to do or what is best for you or what is not best for you because you've seen this before, right? Mm. And that's what makes life so beautiful because it's like your consciousness is expanding. You understand things from a different angle. You're mm-hmm. gaining what is called wisdom. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> is that what wisdom is? <laughs> uh, I definitely have beat myself up for making the same mistakes again, but you're right. You do see it at as a different person and at a different angle and you've grown from it. And even if it's the same mistake, you're learning something again. And so it comes to down to like forgiveness, like self-forgiveness. Self-exact. Cause you don't, even if you get into the same situation again, it's like, you can't stomach being in it as long as you did the first time. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So how can you use plants to help develop self-trust and inner guidance? So, okay, so I think that the first step to doing that is to admit that you don't know it all. And that was, for me, that was a hard thing to do because from, I mean, from elementary school, I was always the smart kid. Like mama, I actually just talked to my mom today and she told me a funny story about my cousin. So when I went to go visit my grandmother, my older cousin used to take me around the neighborhood and charge people a quarter to ask me a question. Cool. <laughs> because so he was cool. like, because he knew that I knew the answer. <laughs> That's so cool. So again, in my mind, I was like, I read, I study, I know, I know, I know, I know. But knowing is more than just what you know. Knowledge is, doesn't heal you. Yeah. Knowledge is, you know, you can read all the books that you want to, but, you know, understand that you don't know it all because healing happens through your feelings, through your emotions, through mm, the yeah. heart, through the pain work. And, you know, understand that your connection to ancient wisdom, to to God and his wisdom has been corrupted human no human being is immune from that happening right and our perception of our lives of the world of other people are merely just interpretations framed by our own experience but it's not the truth a lot of the times right and so first thing you do is you got to surrender right surrender to it and because now I, I really don't question um when God tells me to do something nowadays because you know, I, I trust. Um, so it's Ramadan right now. Uh, I talk a lot about, you know, the Bible and, you know, for me, 
it's it's not always about so I've converted to Islam recently and this is something that God directly told me to do and I said oh, okay and, and you know it's been a beautiful experience so far and for me when it comes to I'm getting a little off track but when it comes to religion and spiritual text it's it's not always about the literal text but it's also like the spiritual law beneath the text you know what I mean so yeah, I still yeah. read the bible and now I'm getting into learning Quran, right and the power of speaking it out loud in Arabic it's really like it's it's, it's really been uh, like next level for me but if I didn't trust myself right if I didn't trust that what I was hearing was the voice of God something from my heart and I would have said no I don't want to do that I grew up Baptist and I don't even follow any religion anymore so I'm not doing it I wouldn't have been able to experience the beauty that I'm experiencing now and the beauty of plants, like I said before, is that all of the wisdom of God is embedded within the spirits of plant. Yeah. So they teach you to fine tune and uncover some parts of your internal guidance system that may be dormant or skewed or shaken or even broken by your life experiences. Um, because even, even if you already have a good relationship with plants or you've gone through some healing work, as we continue to learn those lessons and move into new phases of our lives, some of those same lessons look different as we're in new phases of our lives, right? And yeah. we still need that fine tuning and the plants are always there as guideposts to show us the way back to our divine nature. So one good way is, like I said before, is even meditating with them. So I talked about <clears throat> making a decoction of reishi, literally just consuming the plant. Mm -hmm. And a, a good way to do that, I, I work a lot with uh, flower essences, mm -hmm. um, uh, taking a flower essence and then, you know, doing some deep breathing and visualization and just moving through life, looking for signs and synchronicities that have something to do with what it is that you're seeking from the plan in particular. Um, dream work for me is really big. I dream every single night in 4K, super HD. Like, wow, cool. <laughs> every, and I thought everybody did, but people were like, I don't dream at all. And I'm like, wow. Um, and so sometimes I mentioned before, I'll take a plant and put it underneath my pillow. Um, Damiana is good for dream work. Lavender is good for dream work. These are plants that you can just have around you. You don't have to take them, especially if like you're someone who's pregnant and can't consume certain plants, mm. meditating yeah. with them and putting them under your pillow and asking them to give you clarity during your dreams is, is really good. Um, I think that, um, of course, consuming them, also just doing the research about what it is each plant does, yeah. um, what aspect of life each plant speaks to, and then doing some real self-reflection and understanding what it is that you are seeking. So I think that's why I keep going back to Reishi, because Reishi is like, so here's the truth. <laughs> this is what you need to work on or this is who you are or you know this is the truth about you and then how can you get back what you've lost through the use of plants mm -hmm. I think one plant that's universal and really um accessible to a lot of people is ginger mm -hmm. um, 
people use it to spice their food all the time but it's first of all physically it's like a medicine chest you can use it for nausea you can use it for colds congestion all types of things but one of the biggest um things that I have gotten from ginger is releasing guilt and shame okay um and that is a big part of our healing journey right because again when we do the inner work we uncover some uncomfortable truths right Mm. and we can be held back if we feel guilt and shame around those truths or around things that may have happened to us especially when it comes to um, sexual trauma Mm -hmm. whether it's as a child or as an adult Mm -hmm. guilt and shame are things that can really hold us there you know what I mean and we can't move past it because we're so ashamed um But guilt and shame can be used to manipulate us into situations that do not serve us. It can cut us off from our true nature. And ginger can help you connect back to the things that you were trying to hide from or that, you know, that are part of you that you have disconnected yourself from because of whatever happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so because shame can lead you to devaluing yourself, devaluing you know, disrespecting yourself, your body, um, your sexuality, your, your, your true sexual nature. And it can, and then it can lead to situations again, that don't serve us. And then we find ourselves in these patterns when it comes to our sexuality or our relationships with others and our relationships to ourselves that again, we don't find any healing. So ginger is so good for that, you know, just decocting, making a ginger tea, making a ginger tincture, um, things like that. So, yeah, so warming and it really gets the yeah, blood flowing. So right, I can exactly. see how it would just move that stuckness and that, you know, the, the guilt and shame that you're talking about. It just is like, all right, move along. Yes. Because I, yeah, let me, you just brought up something about that, getting things moving. Uh-huh. So there is a book on inner child healing. Mm. Um, Oh my goodness. I keep forgetting, I, you know, when I get into these things, I kind of forget the details, but if it comes up, I'll, I'll, I'll mention him, but there's a book on inner child healing and he talks about what is called original pain work. So it's about um, connecting with that wounded inner child and actually not just talking about what happened, but feeling the pain. Cause that's, what's living inside of us is mm-hmm. that wound and feeling it so that we can release it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the top of 2020, this was before all hell broke loose. <laughs> off the earth. <laughs> I remember December 31st, 2019, I just spent time by myself and I said, God, you know what? I want to release whatever it is that is keeping me from, you know, love or, you know, moving forward professionally or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just want to release it and get it out of my life in 2020. And he said, okay, gotcha. (laughs) January 1st, 2020, I spent most of the day in bed crying in pain. Mm -hmm. I had pelvic pain so bad bad like it was like and you know not to get too uh, personal but I was like I don't have any STDs I I don't understand why this is happening I'm not pregnant what is going on and then I laid in bed and all of a sudden all of the moments from childhood to adolescence to my early adulthood 
any moments that made me feel guilty or shameful for exploring my sexuality or being even ashamed of myself or, you know, any things that held me back from, you know, exploring. Cause you know, this is natural as you're growing up as, as, you know, as you reach puberty and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I thought of each of those moments in detail, what I was feeling, how it made me feel and just went from moment to moment to moment. It was like playing like a movie in my head. And I just kept releasing and releasing and releasing these things. And it was totally involuntary, but it was exactly the thing that I needed, right? To get things moving. Like you said, that it was like a fire that was there in that area, in the sacral chakra area that needed to be felt and let go. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And, so and, and, you know, that helped me also with, you know, letting my emotions flow so I could trust them, you know what I'm saying? And not be in, be my emotions, understand that I'm not my emotions, but using them as a guidepost, but not something that would overtake my mind where I would be drowning in my emotions and not able to make decisions that serve me, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so cool. Um, so we've already, we've already almost gone to an hour here. Um, do you think we could talk a little bit about maybe like affirmations uh, before we, we wrap up? Yes, sure. And the book, the, the inner child healing book is homecoming, reclaiming and healing your inner child by John Bradshaw. That's Oh, cool. Yes. So if anybody's listening, interested in inner child healing, but yes, affirmations. Okay. So Louise Hay, I consider her my fairy godmother. <laughs> she wrote the book you can heal your life Mm -hmm. and basically that was my first introduction to the real power of your thoughts and Mm -hmm. how it can affect your reality Um, and also like Joe Dispenza I kind of like dabbled into his work I would watch some of his videos on YouTube but Louise had really caught my attention I think because she was like that loving grandmotherly figure you know Mm -hmm. when you listen to her voice she kind of said you know what the power is in the present moment everybody's doing the best they can with what they have and you have the power to heal yourself and so the unique thing about that book is that there's an index in the back of the book where she lists um, a bunch of physical ailments and then the limiting belief that may be contributing to that physical ailment and then affirmations to help you reprogram your mind to facilitate healing physically. Um, and so I use some of her affirmations and it helped me <laughs> with some physical ailments that I was having. So I said, okay, there's something to this. Yeah. And so then it was like, okay, so basically you're reprogramming your subconscious mind because mm-hmm. a lot of my issues stemmed from these these deeply deeply ingrained beliefs that I had about myself that just weren't true but there's this song (laughs) that says everything you say is true as long as you believe it right (laughs) it's like even you know even if I say I'm the ugliest person in the world obviously that's not true but I believed it so it was true for me every time I looked in the mirror and so every day I would just say I accept myself I accept myself. I love and accept myself. And then, and then every day I would say it. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I said, wait a minute, 
don't look that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great affirmation. Yeah. And it, that was like her basic thing was like, just start by saying I accept myself a hundred times a day. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that and I said, okay, that's the power of reprogramming the subconscious, which is so important. And I studied, and this is interesting, right? I studied social work. I went through school twice for social work, talking <laughs> about the mind and human behavior. And mm-hmm. none of it actually clicked for me because mm-hmm. all I was doing was studying and gaining knowledge, but it wasn't, I never went through the process. So it was just like, yeah, I could tell other people about it, but I guess I never really believed it. until yeah, you, were, actually, you were in your head. And then when exactly. you dropped into your heart after the snakes chopped it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right. I get it now. Like, There's nothing left but the rest of your body. And yeah. But I was like, okay, so there is something to this subconscious mind thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so as I was going through the chakra healing journey, I started, you know, coming up. So what I started doing was actually gathering affirmations from different parts from books and stuff that I study and things that I wanted to cultivate within myself I would record myself saying these affirmations and I would put like some instrumental song that I liked in the background and just fall asleep listening to my own voice telling oh, me things. That's well that's a, that's a really interesting <laughs> way to do it because I said okay I can listen to to Louise Hay say it and it's nice but I'm telling my I've told myself for decades that I was the worst person in the world so it's like you know I need to hear my own voice saying the exact opposite yeah Yeah. I feel like that's the only way that it would take yeah so I would record myself saying these things and I would listen to it while I meditate or before going to sleep or waking up in the morning and I said wow this is powerful so it's okay I, I need to integrate this into my work and so when I, when I thought about doing the, 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 the line for chakra healing, it started off as um, just uh, infographics on my Instagram page. So I say, well, this is the root chakra. This, these are the physical properties, the spiritual properties. This is the stone you can use. And here's an affirmation, right? And then it turned into, okay, well, you have experience with herbal products for each of the chakras how about you share that with people so then I shared that with people and I said okay well in your meditation practice you use candles you use stones you use affirmations why don't you share that with people so then I I created a line of meditation candles for each chakra and then it, it contains chips of the stones that I use for each chakra and then on the label the basic instructions are, you know, find a quiet space, breathe deeply and repeat the following affirmation. Um, and then, you know, I, I integrate those affirmations into my guided meditations as well. And the basic structure of the meditations are I take one aspect of nature and relate it to each chakra. So the root chakra, I talk about the seed. And so you envision yourself as a seed buried into the ground, connected to source, safe, held. Um, and then for a few minutes, you say your affirmation. And then I ended off with some, you know, my own words of wisdom, right? It's just like, that's the basic premise because just getting into a calm state of meditation and then repeating an affirmation to yourself is one of the best ways 
to to reprogram the, the subconscious mind, right? And the mm-hmm. affirmation for the root chakras is I release fear of the unknown mm-hmm. because the journey is full of unknowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so activating that within yourself, like releasing the fear of what's to come. You don't see what's across the river, but you have to cross it to get to the other side because what's nipping at you from behind (laughs) are these monsters and these demons and these things that have been holding you back. So it's like, what can be worse than this prison that you've held yourself in? Just jump Mm. and, and trust that you're always connected to source and you're always held and you have everything within you to create a new life for yourself on the other side. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I, I love what you said about, um, how, I mean, the healing journey takes time. Like you told yourself for so long that you were not a good person. And so it's going to take time for mm-hmm. you to make the, those affirmations and to do this practice for you to like one day, you know, see the changes in yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point and reminder. It's like all of our healing journeys. If you've been doing some behavior for a long time, it takes a while to get out of mm-hmm. the habit of eating junk food or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it may be and for our bodies to heal, but it is, it doesn't have to be scary. It can be mm-hmm. an advent, an adventure. Right. And you got to celebrate the small victories, celebrate. Yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah. And that's what's, so the way I learned affirmations is to do one affirmation a hundred times a day for a year, Wow, which is a little intense, but it Just really gets it. Yeah. It really gets it in there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, doing something like, you know, saying a hundred, saying however many affirmations, like that's a little victory too. You know? mm-hmm. That's true. And because then, it's, it, because when you started, it's like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why am I doing this? And it's like, you know what? You had the courage to set aside, you know, looking dumb in front of yourself. Cause you're obviously going to be by yourself and saying, you know what? I'm going to do something new. I'm going to say this good thing about myself, even though I think I'm the worst. And you know, that's, that's step one because most people are just concerned about being cool even when they're alone (laughs) this is the corniest thing you could ever do and you did it (laughs) yeah well I think also like a lot of people like there's a lot of unrealistic expectations there about affirmations Mm. um and like a, a lot of you know stuff that isn't real you know helpful but sometimes they don't that makes it so you don't see how powerful they actually are Right. Exactly. They, you can really, you know, program your subconscious with them. And that's, and you know what, for some people, that's the way that you have to explain it to them, the science behind it. It's like, mm-hmm. you had this programming for how long? And where did this programming come from? For example, if somebody who had an abusive parent who told them they were stupid all their lives, right? That is an affirmation. It's a negative affirmation, but that's an affirmation that has been programmed into your mind, but you have the power to deprogram discard of that and reprogram yourself with i'm a genius (laughs) (laughs) yeah because if someone outside of you has the power to affirm something and you believe it imagine the power that you have Mm. you know what i mean to affirm something within yourself you don't don't give your power away tap into that power yeah well so this has been an amazing conversation Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you think that you could tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about um, how they can find your products and your offerings on the internet? Or I don't, I guess, not in real life so much. Yes, 
<laughs> yes, of course. Yes, everything is online. Sometimes I vend, but that does that hasn't happened in 2020 at all. Yeah. Um, with with uh, Corona. But yes, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to speak with you guys. My website is rosegoldalchemy, all one word, dot com. My Instagram is rosegoldalchemy. My YouTube is rosegoldalchemy. Um, my YouTube has guided meditations. I have more coming. Uh, my website has all of my herbal products. So I have herbal teas tinctures, elixirs. I have meditation candles with crystals and, and um, affirmations printed on them. All of that is on my website. Um, and then my Instagram page, I post there periodically, um, not as much recently, but if I do some special events or something like that, you can find that information on my Instagram page. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And we'll put all that on the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. This was like a smooth conversation between friends. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like you actually several times went right into the next topic we were going to ask you about seamlessly <laughs> before. Yeah. So the universe, you know. <laughs> yeah, tapped in. So thank you. Thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>